What's up and welcome to Shop Sounds, a woodworking podcast about nothing. With myself, Nick Key of Key Woodworks, Jason Hibbs of Bourbon Moth, and Keith Johnson, better known as KJ Sawdust. All three of us are on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All right. Fellas, episode 15. I got to start off with a beef. I got beef. Uh Uh-oh, what did I do? That Sherwin-Williams paint. It's swill. It's swill in a can. I was wondering. Wait, I was wondering I, if you were having trouble with that, because like just looking at your stories, I felt like you were. That's really funny. I love that stuff. And uh, I think um, so. That's you know, I was so happy that I got contractor pricing. You know, instead of ninety dollars a gallon, it was like fifty. And but now I know why it's so cheap. I mean, my Uh-oh. problem was is when it's cured and dried, it is extremely chalky. So it doesn't have that smooth, nice, velvety satin finish that a Benjamin Moore does. So I called this, actually, it was funny because the lady from the store called me, just happened to, and said, oh, we're just checking to see if you're happy with the product. And I said, you know what? I'm not. It's uh, <laughs> it's chalky, like I just said. So she goes, well, bring it in. You know, maybe it was a bad batch. So I brought it in. And she goes, yeah. And I did a, a paint sample side by side of that and the Benjamin Moore. She goes, yeah, it should, this is definitely wrong. It should actually be even a little bit uh, glossier than the Benjamin Moore. I said, well, how about this? Give me a gallon of the semi gloss and let me try that. So I put that on. I mean, application wise, it's fine. Rolling it, painting it, spraying it. You know, there's no issues with that. But, and the same thing happened. It was a little, shine you know a little glossier because of the semi-gloss but it was still chalky and you know at that point i'm like screw this I, you know i can't keep going back and forth with this lady so i just went and i got the benjamin moore advanced which is what i've been using for years and you know that stuff's just that beautiful. is crazy so, i i mean i use that stuff literally anytime i do painting um my whole kitchen's mm-hmm. done in that and it's it's yeah. glossy and I mean I did you know we did semi gloss in our kitchen cuz you know cleanability and it's, it's yeah per- I don't I've never had it be chalky before so I'm going to mail you think a of, sam- the sample board Okay do it all I can think of is this user error you messed it up somehow Yeah <laughs> Well I was going to ask That's, you KJ how much chalk did you add to the did you <laughs> yeah. clean off oh, wait, your I, pieces first or did you paint. just have like they were just covered in sawdust and you're like yeah it's fine and you spray over the top mm, <laughs> <laughs> busted damn it busted it goes my whole ploy to take down the sherwin williams empire yeah i don't know paint the world i um i haven't I had the same issue i'm sorry i'm sorry i led you astray no, I mean, I'm glad now that I know. And, um, but, you know, because then you go to the Benjamin Moore store to get contractor pricing, and instead of $80 a gallon, it's 70 So, you know, there's a little... Yeah. You don't get, certainly don't get as the discount, but... I wonder if you know, the paint I, we I have here... Do you think it's the same paint you have there, or do you think there's multiple, like, paint plants across the country? Oh, you think it's regional? Yeah. Like, out there, they hmm. just add a little extra sheen to I it? I don't know. Some extra more chalk on the east coast. Yeah, right. Over here we're making chalkboard walls for kids. Maybe. So that's what it's built for. Yeah. I wonder if the they east did get just a homeschooled batch though. I mean, like that store. I wonder if they just had like a really 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back the semi gloss too because the lady was like, "Oh, I I was gonna draw this down before I gave you the semi gloss. I just didn't have a chance." I'm like, ah, "I'm sure it's fine," and it wasn't. So I'll bring that one <laughs> back too. Um, Crazy. That sucks. I'm sorry, though. buddy. Yeah, I mean that's all right. I mean I'll go there for my brushes and green tape because that's. The I I was <laughs> sure you were gonna say when you said you had a beef with me. I thought you were gonna say something about your concrete pour. How'd that go? Oh, 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 you know yeah. what? You know, that's okay. So I finally realized that those two patio tables that I built was in March. They've been sitting there <laughs> waiting for me to pour these concrete tops. <laughs> so I, I built the forms, I don't know what, two months ago. And I, it just came down to, it was, it's one of those things where I'd never done it before. And I was procrastinating and nervous. And number one, I didn't want to make a mess. And I didn't, you know, what to know what to expect. So I bought a, like an auger kind of bit for your drill to stir everything in the bucket. And then at the last minute yesterday, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go buy a cheap Harbor Freight corded drill mm. because, you know, yeah. it's going to probably be pretty uh, Yeah, I don't think your battery power drills. drill would handle it. When I did my um, countertops, I had a big DeWalt corded drill and it mm. burned up almost the second we started mixing concrete. <laughs> mine shut off three times yeah. like so i had yeah. to um keep somebody mixing the concrete so it didn't set up and i jumped in my truck ran to home depot and i bought the biggest drill they had i think it was like a makita like double handle thing <laughs> and that's what i ended up yeah. using and it worked great but yeah even my corded dewalt drill didn't work but we were also doing really you know like full buckets of stuff so right yeah so it was um the thing is, so there's a 50-pound bag of the white concrete countertop mix, and it says to use like three quarts of water. Maybe, And then it goes, if you want a drier mix, use 2.75. I was like, Jesus, that's like <laughs> not much difference there. Um, but then you have to add like a big bag of what looks like heroin, which is the uh, pigment, the white pigment. How do you know um, what heroin so looks like? you throw that like, in Keith? there. Yeah. Well, I know what it tastes like. I actually don't uh, really know okay. what it looks like. It was always dark. I'm not sure what it looks like. I usually buy the cocoa <laughs> flavor. <laughs> um, and I think that eats up a lot of the moisture because I ended up using almost four quarts of water just to keep it uh, viscous or you know fluid so I could actually mix it. Yeah. But the stuff sets up quickly. Um, I was like, man, this is getting really thick really fast. So... On the first one, I poured it, and I realized I didn't. I, I didn't think I was gonna need the whole fifty-pound bag, and I got poured it all in. And I got crap. I do need the whole thing, so I had to mix more. But what I forgot in the first one was that reinforced uh, mesh that they give you. Uh. I'm pretty sure you used that, but you like. Um, so you can screw yours down when you were doing the countertops. You can screw it down to create like an elevated grid. Yeah. But where I'm just like putting it loose in a form, I kind of had it have it float but i forgot to do it on the first one so i but i got it in on the second one so we'll see if that has anything to do with keeping that thing yeah i'm curious I, to listen, see if I'm that really worried about that it, does but. anything or not i would think with a small pour like that you're probably going to be fine yeah it's yeah right, it's 24 inches round and it's an inch and a half thick but yeah i mean each one of them used a full bag right to the it was the perfect wow. amount was a 50 pound bag wow 50 pound tabletops so, that's crazy and then, you know, I didn't have like a 
sawzall or anything to really vibrate the uh, the form. So I was just like using a palm sander to try to vibrate it or banging it with a hammer. <laughs> so I don't know if there's going to be a ton of air bubbles when I flip that thing, you know, when I take it out. I wouldn't but, think there would be I mean, because all, all the air bubbles should migrate up. And so I think the okay. bottom of it should be okay. Yeah, it should be right, Yeah, I hope, Yeah, bottom. you know what? You're right. Like, it's usually it's the other way around. Like, a concrete countertop, the the top is the top. Mine, the bottom is the top. So, yeah, we'll see. I, You know, I don't know. And one of them I'm going to just um, seal, and the other one I'm going to actually, they sent me a grinder to use, so I'm going to grind it and polish it and then seal it. So some of the aggregate may come through. Oh, yeah. Now, but I didn't really, is there fiber in there? Like, some kind of, I noticed, like, Almost like uh So did you use their fibers. did you use their concrete mix? Yeah, yeah so I yes. think there probably is because when we did ours, I didn't use their concrete mix, but they did send me it is like a it's like a fiberglass that I added to the concrete. Yeah. And it's yeah. supposed to it's mm. supposed to strengthen the concrete and prevent cracking and all that. So I would assume with their concrete mix they already just add that in there. Yeah, what do yeah, they call that? GFRC or something like that? Yeah, right. Like Mike uh, Modustrial Maker, he's done a lot yeah. of that stuff. Um, but his is like they have to, he literally takes a handful of that stuff, throws it in the bucket and mixes it. And it's very moldable. Like he uses it by hand to kind of set the outside of the mold and then pours on top of that. But I just happened to notice a few, it wasn't like prevalent. It wasn't like sticking out everywhere, but I just happened to notice a few fibers when I was, I was like, I wonder if that is in there. Yeah, it, it doesn't might, say it on the bag. Um, it might be a little hairy when you take the uh, forms off. <laughs> Great. Well, because I mean, it will like stick out a little bit, but as soon as you sand, <laughs> it'll all go away. Okay, so you need to shave it after. Yeah, give it a little flat top. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna need a little Gillette. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever poured concrete like that, Nick, on a countertop or anything? I've never poured concrete. Anywhere other than on the ground, yeah, where you literally just you know pour it out and then screed it and you're done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like for I've, a I've landing or a like, pad or something. Yeah, I've never like treated it or sealed it or anything like that. I've just mixed it. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've done the old school where you have the uh, big old tumbler on a on a motor, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you throw in some sand. And you're like, uh, a little bit more. So you throw in another shovel of sand, and then mm-hmm. it's ready, and then you just pour it out onto a pad. That's the only concrete I've done. I've never done anything that would be inside a house. See, that's the only one. The only it. concrete I've ever done is yeah for our kitchen and bathroom. And my wife keeps we're redoing our upstairs bathrooms, and she's like, you should just do concrete up there. But I'm so over it. I mean, I love the product. I love our kitchen. I'm just tired of doing it. Why would you want yeah. to do concrete in a bathroom, though? Well, because... For the countertop? It's, I mean, the thing for her is it's so stinking cheap. Yeah, for the countertop. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, our entire yeah, kitchen, cheap. and it's a pretty big kitchen as far as countertop surface. I mean, they sent me all the stuff, but if I was just to pay for it, I think it might have cost 1500 bucks, if that, to do yeah. the whole kitchen yeah, versus if we did stone, it would have been, like, eight or 10000 I don't know. Right. Those materials they sent me, and I don't know if those, you know, sometimes when you buy something like they put the retail price on, but it's nowhere close to that. But they, you know, they gave me four bags of concrete, four boxes of pigment, that wire mesh. And, you know, they gave me some, like when you did yours, you had those plastic 
guards that yeah. go all the way around that kind of set set the edge. Like they gave me some of those thinking I could curf them to make my round thing, which there was no possible way. They were way too thin. <laughs> but the whole the whole list was like six hundred and eighty dollars or something. I'm like, oh my god, I could have just bought two pieces of marble or something or stone <laughs> right. slate. Um, so I'm really hoping those aren't the actual prices if I'm going to be kind of pushing yeah, this stuff to people. I don't but. think so. Because, I mean, I bought the stuff originally when I did our bathroom, and that's how I kind of learned about the products. And, I, and okay. I think to do that countertop, it was only a couple hundred bucks. But to back okay. up to your yeah, curfing the, um, the forms, you said it's too thin. Yeah. It's with the forms, they're kind of like a 90 degree kind of thing, right? Yes, yeah, so you don't. Right. Yeah, so it you don't. You don't curf the actual form on the outside. What you do is you curf the ninety degree that comes that folds underneath. You basically cut a bunch yep. of wedges out of that, and then the outside just bends. You don't actually like. It's not even a curf. Yeah. You're removing material. I've seen them do it because they have like the pool forms and they do the same thing. But still, it would be a big pain for getting a full circle like that. I've just seen them do it for like rounded corners on countertops. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I might hmm. get, you know, I just, I, I just felt like I would, uh, notch that too much and it would kind of split and tear and, you know, I'd end up with, I don't know. I, it just didn't seem, yeah. yeah Plus exactly the bottom of your form would just look like garbage at that point too. Cause you'd have to like tape it or something. I don't know. Right. I mean, what I did is I bought, a piece or a couple pieces of PVC trim, like baseboard trim that was like five eighths of an yeah, inch. Yeah, I thought that was really smart prof- to do that. <laughs> well, the pro- I wasn't too smart because I guess my maths isn't too good because here I am thinking, <laughs> all right, let me take my, you know, I have one of those uh, flexible tape measures from FastCap that, you know, it's got no backbone to it. It's flimsy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, was, so I wrapped it around the form. I was like, all right, perfect, 60 whatever inches, you know, because you could do the math and get, taking you know pi r squared whatever to get the actual measurement but i'm like i wanted a physical measurement so i did that and i cut it and the thing was like a half inch too short <laughs> apparently you have to take in a, to account like the thickness of the material uh, yeah. as well that you're bending or i don't know i i really but so <laughs> i couldn't figure out where i went wrong so i just i mean luckily with pvc you just take some pvc glue you know the two-part with the cleaner that purple cleaner and then the the pvc glue oh, and i right, just glued right. in a little patch i know people joke about and... this all the time with wood like oh you need a wood stretcher but i wonder if you could have just heated right, it yeah. up and pulled on it <laughs> i did heat it. it no i did heat it i used a heat gun because um <clears throat> like from you my know, house like stretching days, when we used to do right <laughs> the problem is it gets <laughs> too stretchy and you it starts to thin out it gets yeah, really weird yeah. and that's exactly what it does it turns to taffy but to bend it around that final corner to get the two um ends to meet i did have to hit it with the heat gun to kind of get that to mold and then i could pop some screws yeah. in but i think it would be kind of I, I mean that cool was the biggest win to do like that same concept you're doing with the wood base and the concrete countertops or the tops but to make your forms like go to home depot and buy the cheapest like lowest grade plywood they sell and make the forms out of plywood so that you actually get mm-hmm. that wood grain imprinted into the tops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I right. Think that'd be cool. Cause they do that with like formed concrete on walls and stuff, you know, cause it'll yeah, take yeah. on the imprint of whatever you put it on. So if you got that yeah. super cheap plywood that's, you know, got all that grain and roughness to it, 
I bet you'd get that pattern yeah, on the top. Probably of right. It. Just use OSB. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would look pretty yeah, cool, like actually. The, the, yeah. Yeah. The it would, chip, yeah. It'd be crazy wild. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I realized <laughs> at the end, um, I don't know how the heck I'm going to attach these to the base. And my original intention was to, while the concrete was almost cured but still wet, was to slip some threaded inserts in there so that way I could just attach it. The tabletops screw up through and then attach it to that. But you should get. Um, I totally forgot about that. I use that. these when I I've had to anchor into concrete walls and stuff before. They're like the wedge anchors. You know, have you seen those? Oh right, right, right. But if you just drilled a couple holes yeah. into the concrete and stuck those wedge anchors in, you could hook them in with those somehow. Okay. Yeah, I'll look into that. Something. Or you're gonna. Just crack your top in two two pieces. I know that's what I'm really afraid of. <laughs> yeah, and I start all over. Yeah. <laughs> or I bet you costs, could. Right. Yeah. But if you drilled a <laughs> little bit bigger hole than you needed, you could epoxy into the bottom of that some threaded inserts. Yeah. If, yep. I mean, to oh, be yeah. honest, my plan was to try to drill out a hole and put some threaded yeah, inserts. Yeah. If you in there. stuck the threaded inserts to a piece of tape. And then mm-hmm. stuck it in the hole and like put the tape over it to keep it, you know, level with the bottom mm-hmm. and with epoxy. I bet it would just harden and you'd be good, good to yeah. go. Yeah, probably right. Or even sure, better, yeah. CA glue the threaded insert to a little piece of like quarter inch ply. And then it just, the ply would just pop off once the epoxy set up and it'd be perfectly flush with the bottom at that point. Oh. oh. Yeah, that it would. That sounds right. like a TikTok video. There you go. I know. It's just literally the wheels were just spinning of how I can turn this into the next threaded insert. Yeah. Threaded <laughs> insert in concrete. Has it ever been done before? <laughs> One billion views. <laughs> I'm going to have to get stainless steel because it's going to, otherwise, the moisture in there will make it rust yeah. or oxidize. Well, what, brass doesn't oh, rust, does yeah. it? No, brass doesn't. It'll patina. Yeah, it'll tarnish. turn green, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, copper will turn green, but I think oh, brass copper will just kind of tarnish. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Yeah, you're right. Turns. Yeah. But Turns I don't know. Tarnish. Well, hey, before we dive yeah. too much farther into this podcast, I want to take just a minute and thank our new patrons because we got a couple. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with it. our Patreon program, you can sign up for that at patreon.com slash shop sounds podcast. And in doing that, Holy I, know, cow. I nailed, I nailed wow. that. Guy's on his game. In doing that, you get access to our after show and some other benefits, so definitely check that out. And our new patrons this week is James Beggs. Yep. We don't know what he begs for, but James Beggs. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got... two Gs. I'm going to butcher this. we got a new top-tier patron, and it is Mike Prohoroff. Is that right? Uh, That's close enough. I think I'll give that to you. Mike, I'm sorry if I messed up your last name. And he's at um, Pioneer Home Repair. So you can find him on Instagram. So thanks to him for joining the top tier. And then we got a few other ones that, you know, they show up later on in the show. Later on. Later on. Hmm. Yep. Hey, while we're still talking about beefs. I've got a I've st- I've got an actual beef with you, Jason. Man, what is it with you guys and being mad at me tonight? <laughs> I don't, Coming at I don't, you. I don't, I don't okay, know. What's the it's just that time of year, you know? Well, I started reading War and Peace huh. and I actually what is started it good for? 
<laughs> right. I started reading the book War and Peace, and I started your last YouTube video on your boat at the same time. And I finished War and Peace before your video ended. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to it's say, a long one. I can't believe it was that long. What? But I still watched 30 it. minute YouTube videos <laughs> of the new thing, guys. Are, are they really? No, I just, I, I don't know. I filmed, I, there's so much material there. Yeah. Yeah. I like, thought about, I could have made it five minutes shorter, six minutes shorter if I left out all the mistakes I made, but no, I thought that was important to put in there. everybody loves yeah. the mistakes, yeah. though. Yeah, especially when your first, your first boat build, yeah. I mean, everybody wants to see that. Yes, it was long, but um, the analytics so far, it's the longest average view duration out of any video I've done, so... Really? So well, the that tells me you would say, you, yeah. Well, I was gonna say that that tells me you figured out how to look at the analytics. Yeah, I figured it out. Yeah. I downloaded. Did you know there's a YouTube right. Studio app? Yeah, so you can get it on your I, phone, I and then this. it tells you all that stuff on the app. I just <laughs> yeah. found this out <laughs> yeah. last last week, but yeah. But the average view duration Which on I, that's like I think it's at eighteen and a half minutes right now. So that's that's wow. pretty darn good. That's, that's a intense. long time, yeah. man. That's more than half. Yeah, which is good. I mean, anything over 50% is good, I think. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's incredible. Yeah. So get off my So tell back. me more about the boat, though. What? <laughs> I was going to say, tell me more about the oh, boat. Oh, well, you did watch the video. I, I watched the whole yeah, video. Yeah, so you saw I made a lot of mistakes on this last part because I... But you recovered. I recovered, yeah. I mean, nothing like crazy major. My biggest one that wasted so much time was figuring out how to scarf stuff together. And somebody commented tonight, like, I have a hard time believing this woodworker doesn't know about scarf joints. Why in my furniture making <laughs> would I ever need to scarf trim stuff? Carpenter. No. I, yeah, none right. of my furniture is big enough that I'd have to make longer pieces. I just buy the length that I need. <laughs> right. Well, well, Keith, you mentioned being a trim carpenter, but I think only trim carpenters use like 45 degrees. Yeah, I mean, there's there's scarf the and baseboard and 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 crown molding that's longer than sixteen feet. Yeah, but they're not they're doing not it. Right. They're not doing it in a way for a twelve inch scarf. Yeah, they're not doing like, it in a way yeah. for strength. They're not, and they're not bending it. It's straight. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Typically, you know, it depends if you're going around a corner, the, but that's yeah. rare. But but yeah, I mean, a lot of guys don't even scarf. They just butt joint and either with dominoes or biscuits. Right. And go with that. Yeah, so and then my they, original they attempt that joint was dumb. Paint. And looking at it now, I'm like, right. this was, of course that was going to break. I mean, when you scarf, <laughs> I scarfed it at 60 degrees. Of course, that's basically end grain to end grain. There's no way that's going to hold up. Yeah. Um, well. But after I did that, I um, talked to this guy that I've become friends with up in Portland, um, Dave, and he kind of walked me through how he does scarfing. I talked to Trent Presler who's a wealth of knowledge, and he gave me a bunch of good resources. Not only on the scarfing, what Trent really helped me with is um, how I should actually be gluing it together. Because I thought it was as simple as just, you know, use epoxy. But he told me about, right. like, well, it's more than that. you got to wet in the seam with epoxy, and that kind of soaks in. And then you want to thicken the epoxy with this silica collade stuff that's basically like um, powdered glass that you add to it, kind of like the concrete stuff. And it makes it super yeah, okay. strong, and so you put that on top of the regular epoxy, and 
anyways, it's supposed to be crazy strong. And then my second attempt, it worked. I bent those scarfs and they had no issue whatsoever. So nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I just I just want to say that when you replayed your the break of that first scarf like five times, I was uh very satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know why, but it was satisfying to see like they just snapped. Yeah, well, what I don't tell you in the video is it had snapped about five seconds before that, and I knew it snapped. I was just like, oh, oh. whatever. I'm going to see if I can just bend this piece in there anyways. And so it was like barely, <laughs> it was barely hanging on. I knew I was going to have to redo it. Right. I was just curious if I could bend the front part around. And then what you saw in the video was it's just like, it just let go at that point. It had already, it had already <laughs> snapped before that, but that wasn't as exciting. <clears throat> no. But I did I did appreciate the multiple replays. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. And you, I even turned the sound on the video clip for that so you could hear it like hitting the floor. So it was yeah. good. Very as Did ASMR. you appreciate my um <laughs> my very artsy opening to that video? Dude, I, I was gonna say <laughs> when when I for when I press play, so I'm watching this on my TV downstairs and I'm like is this the boat or am I watching a documentary? Yeah, see, I was, I was trying to take it up. There's, there's a man asleep on a couch and he was deep in thought. And I was like, wait, wait, I, I'm pretty sure that I clicked on bourbon Moss bo- boat build, but <laughs> BMBB. Yeah. Little, little, too, little <laughs> t- did I know that I was going to be immersed yes, into the into deeper thoughts of Jason Hickory experience <laughs> on the, on like the none other couch. Yeah. It was great. I got to say, for, for a 30 minute video, I watched yeah. it all. Hey, that's the, that's the goal, I mean, right? Yeah. So if you sucked me in, I guarantee you I sucked had more planned people. on having a lot more done on the boat. Um, and it would have been, had to have been sped up, but I just, things took longer. The whole scarfing situation took a long time. Cause not only did it take a long time to figure that out since I'm gluing everything up with epoxy, once you put it in clamps, you got to wait like eight hours before you really can bend that stuff around. Right. So that just really eats into the whole time. But right, right. I'm almost to the point with the boat. I put my first outer handrail on, I've got gotten a lot of flack for calling them handrails but that's what it says in the plan but people are like they're well that's what they are well, right people are like they're gun walls because that's like a boating term but they're not really like ah. those are a lot wider and it's more of a integral part to the strength of the boat this is just a it is a handrail it's something to grab on yeah you're not putting guns on it are you no right i mean except my guns this is a piece I rest them on now. <laughs> <laughs> but i got the outside handrails on and then i got to do the inside handrails and then at that point i can actually paint and completely finish the boat because the boat itself will be done everything else is like separate parts that i'll make and then they just get installed inside the boat like the seats and all that stuff yeah so i'm almost mm. to the point where the actual you know, main part of the boat is complete, so that feels well, pretty good. You said paint. What What wow. do you mean by paint? What are you going a color or? Yeah, so I I thought about leaving it all natural, but I decided I just really like the look of like old painted boats. So yeah. I'm painting the outside of the boat, everything except all the trim. All the trim will be natural wood. So like the bow covering and the okay. trim on the top and bottom will all be natural. So just like the strip along the side will be painted and then the entire inside of the boat will all be natural. 
Okay. I just thought it'd be a good contrast. So you won't see the cool. the puzzle pieces on the outside? Not on the outside, on the inside. Oh, okay. And uh, see, that was my that's the only big mistake I have made that I can't do anything about is when I was gluing up those quarter inch sheets to make my sidewalls and where I puzzle pieced them together on one side, the puzzle piece seam didn't fit quite right. And so I thought like, it's okay. I'll make this my outside. That's going to be painted. So I sanded through the veneer to get it smooth. Oh. But then when I cut out my pieces, I realized the way that you cut them out, cause you cut both side pieces out of one big sheet. Yeah. That one gets flipped around and is the inside and one gets flipped around as the outside. You can't have both the bad sides on one side. Oh. So I have this little section in the back of the boat where I burn through the veneer, which sucks because it's going to be all natural on the inside. But oh. it's just a reminder. Can you veneer over it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Get a giant piece of veneer and re Just like put something like super crazy like Brazilian walnut or Brazilian redwood or whatever crazy yeah, the only thing on the i thought i could do that probably i could get away with is if i got a akume door skin if you guys ever worked with door skins they're like no super mm. super thin veneered plywood i mean it's what they skin like interior doors with so they're right. like crazy thin okay. i could put it because the ribs break up the plywood on the inside i could cut a section to go in between that section of ribs and you wouldn't right. be able to tell that it was like a sixteenth of an inch thicker right there. So I could do that, mm -hmm. but what right. it would do is eliminate the puzzle pieces, and so you'd have one section that was just missing puzzle pieces, which I think would look funny too. Oh, every section has puzzle no, pieces, but inside the boat there's four puzzle pieced joints, and they're like evenly spaced okay. on the inside of the boat. So if I did that on one section, that joint I'll cover them all. I mean, I could cover them. I don't know. I'm not too worried about just it. Just put your fire, mount your fire extinguisher. It keeps me <laughs> keeps me humble. I look at it and think, "Hey, this is the first boat you ever built. You're gonna have some mistakes. So yeah. it's not it's not that big of a deal. It is what it is. The rite of passage. What? Yeah. If if you didn't do puzzle pieces, what do what what does the the plans actually call for? It calls for a scarf, scarf joint joints. on the plywood. <laughs> back to yeah. this. Back really? to yeah. scarf joints. Really? You do a scarf joint. And that's where I really, I started looking for other options because I've never done a scarf before. And the thought of doing a like 12 to 1 ratio scarf on a quarter inch piece of plywood just kind of. How the heck would that hold? It does. I don't know. You epoxy it together and it supposedly it holds. It just kind of freaked me out a little bit because. I've never, I mean, that's just such a long length and I just knew I was going to really screw those up. So well, how there's you, no way how I could have done that do without that? burning through the veneer. Well, you have to kind of make a jig or lots of, some people just do it with a hand plane. Um, oh, okay. you basically stack the two pieces on top of each other and offset them a little bit and you do both of them at the exact same time. Right. And then you flip them over mm. and put them together. That's traditionally, I mean, that's how pretty much everybody does it. But I've had a lot of boat builders comment on the video, and they're like, dude, where did you get these CNC'd? I'm going to do that from now on, because <laughs> I think it's kind of a pain for people to scarf stuff together. But Oh, yeah. You should have done hand-cut dovetails. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing with those puzzle pieces, is people think, like, is that really strong enough? But it's not just a puzzle piece. It's a half-lap puzzle piece. Oh, yeah. 
Is it yeah. really? Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. So you got an eighth of inch on each side uh-huh. and then a half and then laps it half in. Laps in. Wow. So it's actually a really strong joint. I mean, I would imagine if you just puzzle pieced it, that wouldn't be very strong. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that gives you a lot more glue surface. Yeah. So how, why were you so far off when they came together? When you clamped it together, it just I don't know. I just didn't. I don't know if I got didn't get enough clamping pressure to seat them right. I mean, it wasn't much off, but it was enough that I just barely had to burn through the veneer to get them flat. Yeah, it could have been I put too much epoxy on the inside and it didn't have anywhere to go, so it just raised it up. I don't know. Could have been a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, though. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It just adds another kind of aesthetic detail too. Yeah. Well, on the ones you didn't burn. Yeah, no, I actually <laughs> like the way it looks. I think it looks kind of kind of cool. I do like. But, I like the, yeah. the puzzle look on the outside. I mean, you just said you're gonna paint over where you won't see it anymore, but I kind of like that you'll be able to see it on the inside. Yeah, no, I it's like it like on the a, inside, a and I was inside, able you know? to because the the sides of the boat they start pretty wide and then they taper down in the back to a smaller section. So I was able to pick the smaller section that I burned through on the inside. So it's not that big. Of a section, it's not, no. you know, right. Yeah. So. I think it opens it up because if you guys have ever seen those wacky dovetail joint jigs that make like circles and circles with holes in them and all these funky yeah, ways yeah. you can join two pieces of wood, like you could just that kind of opens up a whole thing there where you could see and see different joints together or different uh, ways. For those to come together oh, yeah. and kind of make it a signature, well, and I, um, signature on your I mean, dinghy. I ordered these pre-CNC'd from a company, which is really helpful because, I mean, I have a CNC, but I don't know how to use it, and it's not big <laughs> enough to fit sheets of plywood in there. Gary! Gary! Where's Gary? But what I thought would work perfect <laughs> to do that, and you could literally do any shape or whatever you want, was that um, shaper origin. Oh, oh right. absolutely. Because right. you could yep. just do the whole thing with that and then hook it together however you wanted. You could do anchors that like interlocked with each other for like, oh, the boat. Yeah, I mean, you could do right. something yeah. really cool. You could do all kinds of shapes. It'd be, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, whatever so if I was that building boats together. on a professional level, that's how I would do it. I would get one of those and spend some time to design like a really cool, unique. You could do your logo thing. and have it locked together. Yeah. <laughs> it could be like the whole, you know, Da Vinci painting with Adam and God. Yeah. The finger, that the, finger that's Mike, the two that's fingers Michelangelo. coming together. Yeah, yeah. But they could be like holding hands. I don't Hold know. Hold my finger. That would be amazing. Yeah. The options are endless. Endless with a shaper. Well, when you build your fl- the rest of your fleet, you can incorporate right. some of those yeah. designs. Yeah. Is this just boat number one? Are you, are you going to stop at number one or are you going to do another one? Or more. I already to b- believe it or not, I have another boat on my docket for really next year. Uh, on your do- um, docket, it is that's on funny. my dock. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be completely different, though. It's going to be like a week and a half build. It's going to be a skiff. with um, Michael Alm from Alm Fabs. Is it a raft? Yeah, it is. That's so you heard it here first. Baltic birch. Um, the plan is to make the world's first actual river table (laughs) (laughs) you mean like table in the river like a a table Table that you can float down the river yeah so like a table that's a raft (laughs) yeah so like tom sawyer is standing uh, on a table yeah but not just like a table (laughs) on a raft we want to make it like 
the whole boat is a table like with benches incorporated you can sit at the idea is like that we have in our head is that it's going to be a table you can sit at on a bench your feet can be in the water but it's like built into a boat okay. so you can float down so you You'd be on either side floating down the river eating so, your food. And then I want to do a pump that's in the river that filters water up to the table and actually runs a river down the middle of the table. So it's a, you oh know. My in, in my city, we have these uh, pedal cart bars where everybody pedals. Yeah, yeah. It'll kind of be like that, but for it, the river. It, will it be like that, exactly? Where everybody can sit down and you can get your drink, but you're floating on the on the yeah, same but table? You're floating. You're floating on the river, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. That's the plan. That's the plan, at least. Maybe I shouldn't have let the cat out of the bag, but that's our. I don't know. That's, that's our. Plan. That's a cat coming to you sometime in the next. In the next to let year. Out. That's yeah. That's sounds pretty Very good. Cool. But that will be a lot less of a um, thought out and meticulously done boat, I'm sure. So <laughs> just it'll be like a Parsons table, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. Because <laughs> all, all wood floats. Would that be certified for like a class three rapids? I don't know. We'll find out. Or class, yeah. class You'll one need to bring only. that down over here to the Nanahala. It's like a class five. <laughs> Nana, Nanahala? You're going to need a life right. jacket You'll for that. You'll need to wear some personal uh, life support. Mm. <laughs> An e per. <E-perb>. Right. <laughs> That's inside lingo. Uh. Hey, right, but, yeah. I, what was that like? Electronic positioning require something. Right. While we're on the um, that, <laughs> while we're on the topic of YouTube, before we get off of that, I feel like I should mention I um, <clears throat> won myself two bottles of bourbon today. Did you really? Yeah, I passed that sob. So, if anybody's listening and wondering, the last episode we had uh, J Cats Moses on, and he was sitting what at three ten. He was at 307. Okay, was he was at, at 307. 280. I was at 285. And you have now surpassed J-Cats, correct? Yep. yep. So he He's owes at, you. He was, at, he was at 310 when I passed him, so. So, <laughs> but you owe, or he owes you rather. He owes me, he said two bottles. I was fine with the one bottle wager, but he wanted to make it two because he thought that'd be more fair. Well, well, I think because he thought he was so far <laughs> right. ahead of you, he's like, he had no idea. Yeah. yeah, he had no right. idea. He was only what? He was 23,000 ahead of me. And I mean, it took me two weeks, but I got there. Yeah, but oh, you're, you're the freight train with so no brakes over there on YouTube right now. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just hoping that this boat video doesn't sink me. I don't uh-huh. think so. I watched all thirty uh-huh. minutes, and I well, have yeah, the attention but span just in of my a other goldfish. my other multiple part series. The first one does pretty good, and then it kind of tapers off. And my first boat build, it did okay. It was at like a hundred and fifty thousand, but that's not great. Um, well, so let me just say it's it's better gonna... than what I'm doing right now on YouTube. Hey, I had a theory about I mean, your YouTube. Okay, thing... I was on your YouTube channel the other day, and I was just scrolling through, looking at all your videos, and yeah. I was looking at some of your numbers. And you've got one video in there that's at like 32,000, which is way higher than all your other ones. And I was like analyzing. I'm like, okay, why this one? Why is this one better than all the other ones? And I figured it out. You know what you did different in that video than all the other ones? What? You had a beard. I had a beard. (laughs) (laughs) If if for all the people that can't see the podcast because they're listening right now, I'm growing back a beard. No. 
but not like that beard. You had a legit beard. I in had that a, video. a full beard in that video. Is that what it is? Yeah, you had the fullest beard I've ever seen you have was really? in that video, and that's your best video on YouTube. I don't think that's a coincidence. Which video was that? Was that the um table saw fence upgrade, I think? Oh yeah, my table fence or table saw fence. Right, yeah. And I had a full beard in that one. Yeah. I just don't think people can take you serious as a woodworker without your beard. Okay. I don't it it I don't even understand how Keith gets like zillions of views on his videos. I mean, I don't think he could grow a beard. Well, that's because he shaves daily. I cannot. I do oh, not shave daily, actually. Every other day. <laughs> this is this is two days. I can't shave every day. My skin is too I'm at two, today. I'm at two days right now. <laughs> two hundred me. No, days. if I completely shaved this beard off, I bet it would be back to this length within a month and a half. A month and a yeah, half, you're like Homer if Simpson. Man. Yeah, Man. it's pretty. It's actually more annoying than anything else because I shave every morning, and by noon, it looks like <laughs> I didn't shave that morning. So, well, I'm I'm on the path of just letting it go back. So, hopefully, your your theory is correct that beards do well on on YouTube because mm. everything that I've put off or put out recently has just pretty much been. You know, the beard, uh, the beard will bring them in. Yeah. Speaking of beards, I was trying to work late a few nights a few weeks ago, and my wife, she wasn't like mad at me, but she was like, how much are you going to work late on this boat? And then a couple days ago, I told <laughs> her, I said, honey, I've decided I'm not going to shave my beard at all until I finish this boat. I'm not even going to trim it. And now she's like, <laughs> oh, Jason, going. shouldn't you be out working on the boat? <laughs> She really doesn't like my beard, like when it's all unruly and untamed. So, haha, <laughs> like Forrest Gump. Well over played here. on my part. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So slowly getting a beard, Nick. Um, right. What What are you working on? <laughs> well, I haven't been in the shop doing much woodworking, but I think I mentioned it on the last podcast. I told you guys I was installing a bunch of LEDs. And I think at right. that point, I had only installed four. And as of today, I have installed 15. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, it's official. So I you're an expert. You're officially right. an expert. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. my electrician, uh, certificate is coming in the mail. Mm. Um, I am now certified, a uh, master electrician. <laughs> I can wire your house any way you want to from here on out. But yeah, no, I've put 15 of these things throughout my house. I put four in the living room, uh, four in my master bedroom. I put two in each bathroom upstairs. Are you needing more or are you just really having fun doing it? I'm having a blast doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we kind of like low-key needed them because like our house, it, it, it was built in the 80s. And it's kind of like, it's funny, uh, a friend of mine bought a house and moved in uh, this past week we were going down the um, Google. Which friend? A friend Jeff of, Douglas? Oh. <laughs> Could be Jeff No, n it wasn't Jeff Douglas. It was it oh. was a different friend. But Are you uh, sure it wasn't Jeff Douglas at <laughs> Fort Hammer Woodworking? <laughs> nope. thought you guys are friends. Okay, anyways. We're, I mean, we're good buds, but it wasn't Jeff. Yeah. But he bought a house, and we were looking back through Street View on, on Google Maps. Have you done that? 
Have you gone back in the past and seen what your property looked like? You can yeah. go in the you can go back in the past. Yeah, you can go back in the past. Back so to like the future? when Yeah, you can go back to the future like so my house the I very first knew. time Google Maps um took a picture of it was like 2003 I think was the first time that mine was pictured and you couldn't even see my house. So like there was two huge oak trees in my front yard that I had even I didn't have I had no idea were even there. Because when we bought them, they were cut down and gone. Just, I had no idea they were there. But, anyways, uh, I I don't even know <laughs> where, I where's the story going. <laughs> right. I totally lost my train of thought. I don't even know what I was talking about with going back in time. Uh, but anyways, the house has changed. And, like, the lighting, uh, in, back in 2012, they uh, renovated our house before I bought it. And they like upgraded everything on the upstairs kind of left the downstairs alone it didn't really need it but the upstairs changed but they didn't change much of the lighting so like in our living room everything was on a switch so like the outlets were on a switch so if i plugged a lamp into an outlet you could only turn it on if the switch was on Oh uh, yeah, that's so that was very popular I in like the eighties. In the eighties, right? Hate, which, yeah, that's when our house was built. Eighty two. It's as it's yeah. as old as I am. Eighty two. Yeah, that's that's when I was Dude, born. So it's as old that's as I when am. Nick Leonard was born. State of Woodsco. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually born a little bit later than that, but yeah. Oh. He looks younger though. Yeah, he's but he's the, a young buck. The beard makes him look older. Right. Right. But our house is older like that, so the living room was on a switch, so you had to turn a switch on to turn the outlets on to turn any lamp that was plugged into it. So you couldn't have like a TV plugged into the outlet or anything like that, because if you turn the outlet off, then the TV We have a TV plugged into one of those outlets. I just put a piece of blue tape over the switch so nobody can turn it off. (laughs) So you can't turn the outlet off? Yeah. Right. That's great. Right. Well, but Nick, I that was isn't, a little bit more. That isn't like than an that. old like we're in a. I mean, our townhouse is two years old, and there's a switched outlet in every room. Okay, and we had to pay but extra to put a light in above. You had to pay like, extra oh, no, for that. I had to pay. We had to pay two hundred fifty dollars extra to have a fixture put in the ceiling in every room. I'm like, who wants Whoa. to walk into a giant living room and flip a switch to have a lamp? Like, you need lighting, right? Well, so, that's yeah, what we had I to pay thought. extra for all that. Well, okay, in that case, whoever flipped my house, they added a ceiling fan like in our living room, and that was on a separate switch. Mm-hmm. So you could turn that ceiling fan light on, but that was the equivalent of literally <laughs> one candle. <laughs> yeah, one 40-watt bulb, you can't go right. higher in those things. Nothing. <laughs> like, it was like, is this even on? Like, yeah. What's the point? Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, uh, after... Um, I talked to my uh, father-in-law about this, and he was like, well, most of our outlets are on a switch, but they have the switches split to where the lower outlet is on yes, the switch. that's right. And the upper yeah. is constant power, mm-hmm. except mine are both on this switch. Oh, okay. So it doesn't matter which, which one you plug it into, it's on the switch. If it's oh. on, it's on. If it's off, it's off. So that that's, just sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. That's totally 1982. Right. You want to hear what, here's an electrical story. The other day, well, not the other day. This has been an ongoing problem. On our back patio, we have an outside outlet. And 
it'll just like stop working sometimes. Really? We have um we have outside like um you know string lights that go around our little fire pit. Okay. And we plug them into the outlet, and half the time we plug them in, and it just doesn't work. The lights don't come on, and then all of a sudden, miraculously, it'll just start working. Got to be a switch. Someone keeps turning I off checked, and on. I checked everywhere. <laughs> Clark crap. You're right. I checked to see if it was on a switch. It was not on a switch. Beautiful, Clark. I took the outlet out to see if like a wire was like loose and it kept getting like jiggled or something. No, everything was fine. It's close to the kitchen, so I went and checked all the GFCIs in the kitchen to make sure yep. that one of those wasn't tripped. Could not figure this out. It was driving me crazy for like, I don't know, months this was going on. So finally, my wife's like, just call an electrician. <laughs> so I call the electrician. He looks at it. He can't figure it out. He pulls out this like sonar thing to like read into the wall and he's like tracing back wires trying to figure out where this thing goes. He's at my house for like an hour and a half and he cannot figure it out. He's looking at the panel in the garage. He doesn't know what's going on, but at this point it's dead. It's not on. Mm-hmm. And he just can't figure out why there's no power to this. And then finally with his sonar thing, he traces the wire and he realizes it goes, even though it's downstairs on our outside patio, that wire goes upstairs to an upstairs bathroom, oh. which does have a GFCI, which just happens to be the GFCI that my son likes to sit on the counter every night and get ready for <laughs> no bed and way. push the little button in and out. <laughs> and I didn't even like, I don't care because we never use that outlet. And so, yeah, he just pushes the little button. He likes to hear it click. And That's so sometimes awesome. he'll push it one way and it worked, and sometimes he'd push it the other way <laughs> and it would reset. <laughs> and he's just up there clicking. So it is like that, the Clark Griswold oh thing. It's my like, gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so Ivor. Finally, we figured it out. That's amazing. Yep. Well, along those lines, when I was putting these lights, I put four of them in our master bedroom, and I wanted to add them to their own switch, but I wanted to, like steal the power off of the ceiling fan that was already installed. So I had a ceiling fan on a switch that was controlled. Uh, you would, you know, turn the switch on and then you could turn uh, the, the, either the light or the fan on from the pull chains mm-hmm. on the ceiling fan. So I was going to steal the power off of that and use a dimmer switch to control the four LEDs in the bedroom. And I literally spent like an hour trying to figure out how to wire that dimmer switch off of the ceiling fan because nothing was labeled. So I had two sets of Romex 14.2 coming down from the ceiling to the switch, but I also had some 14.2 coming up from the receptacles in the room to the switch. So they were tied in, and I was like, I don't really know how electric works. You know, like electricity <laughs> is kind of one of those things where you're like, yeah. if you don't know what's going on, like it's kind of mythical, right? Yeah. Like it's weird. You should just call Alex Johnson. <laughs> that guy's an expert. <laughs> that guy, yeah. Right. Johnson works. He works on all things. Right, all things. All things electrical. <laughs> but I... <laughs> What what I ended up doing was going back to my living room that I had wired the same way, except for some, I don't know if it was like just by chance or whatever, I wired correctly the first time 
and I stole power off of the ceiling fan that was in the living room to wire four lights that I put in the ceiling. Man, I hope that the future person that is wanting to buy your house isn't listening to this. I hope not either. Changing their mind right now. I mean, if you go in the attic, you're like, what is going on up here? There's, There's wires all over the place. I mean, it's what what's really great about these LEDs that I installed is that they're low voltage. So I used 182 uh gauge wire all over the place and it's just I have it like uh cable stapled all over the place up in the Are attic. Are you supposed to use different wires for different things? Whenever I need a little bit of wire to like put an outlet in or something, I just always get the yellow one cuz it's <laughs> the cheapest. What's the yellow one? I don't know. You don't even know what what gauge I thought that no, was the know. higher gauge. That's like 220, no. I thought that. Or is that the orange? Oh, my God. This is a... Uh, uh, I just get I the hope, yellow stuff. I hope no electrician is listening to this right now. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> is, that, is that bad? Yeah. We have no idea what we're talking about. I hope your home insurance company, our home insurance agent... Is I really had to install a new um, exhaust fan in our bathroom this last weekend. You did that? Our, uh, I did it. Because our other one is like really old and it was only like, I don't know, maybe like an eight inch by eight inch square or something. It's really tiny. Yeah. And so I bought like the biggest exhaust fan that I could find because I was like, I just want to suck all the like shower, you know, Hot steam air. out of there. Right. And so I bought it, but then I had to cut the hole bigger to put it in. It's not on the ceiling, it's on the wall because the ceiling's like this oh. bolted wood panel ceiling and there's no attic space or anything. But it's on the wall. And it's on a wall that is next to a closet that doesn't have a vaulted ceiling. So there is attic space there. So yeah. that's why they yeah, probably yeah. put it there. So I took out the old exhaust fan and I put my little template that came with the new exhaust fan up there and I traced it out and then I cut out the hole. Well, about three quarters of the way through my bigger hole, I ran into the ceiling trusses for the room next door <laughs> ceilings. <laughs> is that what they're called? Trusses? Joists. Yeah. Joists. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. I already have this hole cut in my wall. So I don't know what the proper thing to do was there, but I went and got my multi-tool, and I just cut giant chunks out of those trusses. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh. So I could, so I could fit my exhaust fan in there. That doesn't take I mean, any integrity out of those. No. I don't think so. It's just a hole. It, they're literally just to hold the drywall up in our walk-in closet. It's not like the roof is sitting on those, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably not. I mean... I just cut out a big chunk and then I could slide the thing in there and then it was fine. Yeah. So, I'm sure it's fine. That's how I do home well, renovation projects. Speaking of exhaust fans, when I was up in my attic, which which I have never been in my attic until I started doing these lights and I hmm. got up there, we have just the smallest access in a hall closet. Um, like it's literally like two by two access that you go up and you're in the attic. How'd you fit in then? It was a miracle that I fit up up there. You're bigger than two by two, aren't you? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I had to hold my breath. <laughs> but I had to, t- so it's it's in a closet, like a um, coat closet, and I had to take a shelf down and everything off of the closet shelves and everything out of the shelf, or off of the uh, um what what you call it where you, you hang your coats the coat bar like coat rack thing i had to take everything yep. out nailed it nailed it <laughs> and i had to like 
shimmy the my ladder. I like, believe it's called a closet rod. Okay. Well, yeah. So I took everything off the closet rod. I shimmied in a ladder and then like, like, like just jimmied my body up to where I could like get up <laughs> this, this access hole. It was really awkward. I had we have footage hold, of this. I should have filmed it because it was the most awkward I've ever been. I had to put my arms up over the top of this uh, access hole and just pull myself up. I couldn't even use the ladder <laughs> to to like. That sounds like when I go up our laundry chute. Sometimes I do it just for fun. It's the same way. I got to go like my arms straight above my head. Yeah, like I'm di- like I'm diving upwards. Actually, yeah, right. that's a that's an episode of Will I Fit in This, Nick. It it totally is. You need to bring that back. Yeah. And yeah. that's the next episode for sure. I ran out of things to fit into. Well, that's the next one. Well, you shrink yourself yeah. into little little birds. I actually we went really and got things. we went and got a Christmas tree this last weekend, and I was gonna film another episode because we were there at the Christmas tree farm and I saw this machine. The guy was pushing the Christmas trees through and it like oh, wrapped a net, a net <laughs> around <out> them. <laughs> And go so I asked the guy if I could it. if I could go through that thing because I was like, oh, I'm going to film this. This would be the perfect will I fit. And he's like, No, I can't let you do that. And I was like, I'll pay you forty bucks. <laughs> I'll buy, and he's like, buy no. two trees. He's like, I just I don't want you to get hurt. And I was like, I make more than that, sixty bucks. <laughs> and he's like, No, sorry. And then finally, I could tell he was kind of getting annoyed, so I like dropped it. But that would have been I would have loved to be that would have been amazing. Oh my god, been awesome. you wrapped up in that net. I would have made my wife strap me to the top of the car and I'd drive home like that. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Oh, that would have been good. So you got up in the attic. Yeah. Though. So I got up in the attic. I shimmied my my body up there. And uh it's it was there was no flooring. So it was just open joist and insulation. So <laughs> yeah, I'm that's like an attic. Yeah, an attic. Do you, did you think, because this was your first time in your attic, did you picture attics just have beautiful hardwood flooring across them? <laughs> no, not hardwood Wall flooring. Wall-to-wall carpeting. But every, <laughs> okay, so every house that I've lived in that I've gone in an attic had at least sheeting down on the floor that you could yeah, walk on. but you on. just went through a, a two-by-two hole. How would they get right. the sheets up there? I, I didn't Tra- think about that. Mm. There, there was they nothing put it up Before there. they put the roof on. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you put it on before you roof it. Yeah. But I'm up there, so I'm like, you know, being the most careful Clark Griswold walking uh-huh, yeah. so I don't fall through because I do not want to make a hole. And I go over there and, you know, all this to say, I get to the exhaust fan that's in my kid's bathroom. It's not even hooked up to it, like the exhaust port out the ceiling or it's out the roof. Just into the attic, right? Just it's just it in the attic. Dra- yeah, it's that's, just that's great in the south. Right. That really is good <laughs> yeah. to keep all that moisture. There's plenty of mold. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, what so a lot I was of people like, do, though. They don't vent them. That's no, the it wasn't vented. Well, it had it had a pipe on it, but yeah. the, the pipe was just draped across the joist. Yeah, because they don't want to go pop through the roof and do all the work and put a candy cane there or whatever they got to put. But. To, uh, it was there in the roof, so like right above oh, it. So it just came. Oh, okay. It was there. Hooked. I don't oh, know if they just didn't hook it up or <clears throat> it fell down or I don't. I don't know what it was, but it was like just draped across the joist. So I was like, I guess I should probably hook this back up. Mm. So I, I like jimmied it back up to the the ceiling and and hooked it back up. But I don't know if it's gonna do any good because, I mean, how long has it been unhooked, and it hasn't yeah. done any harm. 
So mm. I don't I don't know. It's probably fine. But yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's golden. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when out they do the home inspection, they'll find it. Right. Our no, I, I learned this when I did my exhaust fan. I don't know if this is up to code or not, but ours don't go up exhaust up through the roof. No, it should. Oh, they don't. I mean, you really kind of want to go out through the sidewall. Yeah, well, they go. What's the overhang in a house? Is that called the, the soffit? Soffit. Yeah. Yeah, they go out through the soffit. Mm. So. Oh well, we don't. Doesn't have make much a lot of, a of sense to me because it seems like you'd want it to go up, and it kind of curves around down. Yeah, but, I don't, huh. the soffit. I mean, that's kind of pulling in air. Like the soffit kind of pulls in air, and it goes. Then it goes out through the. Through the ridge, I, you know, I don't know how your house is. I built, didn't, but. I didn't, I didn't build the house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, you want it out the sidewall with the little flapper vents, you know, like a dryer vent. Oh um, yeah, right, right. Not yeah. through. I the, put I mean, one of those in for our our stove. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the exhaust fan. Mm -hmm. I would think you would want it to go straight up, though. I mean, hot air goes up, right? Yeah, if steam. hot air rises, and that's what you're Poop trying air, to vent is that's all, all the steam and hot air from like a hot shower, you want it to go straight up and out, right? I mean, typically you don't want to have any penetration, uh, as few penetrations in the roof as you can. You know, you're really lucky, Nick, with that exhaust fan not being hooked up. And all that steam just going into your attic? Because yeah. think about it. Hot air rises. You're lucky your whole house didn't just float away. <laughs> <laughs> like a hot like air, air balloon. balloon. Yep. Yeah, like up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think I'm, I'm I could glad. make my own hot air balloon? Yeah. Who was that kid uh, that got stuck in the hot air balloon? The the weather balloon? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking hot air balloon's not that hard. It's not that complicated of a thing. I feel like I could build my own basket and make a big, you know, balloon out of taped together trash bags or something and <laughs> float myself up a couple hundred feet. Uh, yeah, like the husky contractor bags at yeah. Home Depot. Those are pretty. Yeah. Those, are like, yeah. those are probably too heavy, though. It's got to be really lightweight. Oh, yeah. Thinner mill. Like dry cleaning plastic? Oh. Is that too, too thin? Well, that all yeah. it would take is one bird pecking a little hole in it and you're going down. Yeah, but you wouldn't go down fast, I don't think, right? I wonder, what? would it make that noise like a... <laughs> I wonder if or I'd shoot like back a... and forth all across yeah. the sky like... <laughs> I'd be like a whoopee cushion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta give I this some thought. I think, that'd be a, I think that'd be a fun build. I wouldn't put build anything own past hot air you. balloon. <laughs> yeah. Your own hot... <laughs> DIY hot air balloon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate DIY. Ultimate my, DIY. My wife always says I'm full of hot air. So. That's there right. Just breathe into it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be the bourbon or the bourbonberg, the Hindenburg. The bourbonberg. Yeah. <laughs> so Keith, are you done with the concrete? We kind of got off that subject. Oh, yeah. But are you done with those tables? I got to take them out of the mold. Um, I haven't done that yet. I'm gonna let them sit for a few oh. days. Yeah, they're they're cured. How I'm just I'm just uh, I'm. I mean, it says 24 hours. I'm just happy. The biggest win for me was the molds didn't fall apart and they spill all over. Um, I actually yeah. used ratchet straps around the whole thing just to kind of make sure that the sidewalls didn't come flying off. But 
That yeah. was the most stressful part of our kitchen was we did that waterfall oh, feature. Yeah, so that the counter oh, poured yeah. down into the waterfall. It literally waterfalled off. And I thought I had that thing braced so well. I did the whole thing out of three-quarter inch melamine. I ran some steel bars across the front. I screwed in the melamine like with a zillion screws on all the corners. And then I started vibrating it with a sawzaw without the blade on it. Yeah. And that <laughs> stuff just compacted down and the whole bottom of that melamine just bowed out like three inches. I'm surprised it didn't just snap. Yeah. And so in like a fit of panic and like sudden genius and ingenuity, we ran out to my like driveway. We got two car jacks out of the cars. We braced some two by fours in between the bathroom and the laundry room, which was like <laughs> eight feet behind that. And then we put a beam from those towards the form and we jacked it back into place and like pushed it flush. This all happened in a matter of like five minutes of like scrambling craziness. Yeah. yeah. Then we got it back in, but I cannot believe that thing didn't pop out. It's crazy how much pressure can be built up in concrete like that. Yeah. That's great. But a little thing like yours, I don't yeah. think that's... Yeah. But, you know, I just didn't know. Like, you know, I had no idea. I, I... Yeah, better safe than sorry, though. Yeah. I mean, I peppered that thing with screws all the way around. Because, you know, you're also I don't like... know... Go ahead. I just I don't know what I would have done if that entire waterfall fall burst all over our kitchen floor. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, you would have moved. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how you begin to clean that up. I mean, that would have been crazy. So you mixed all those in buckets and just kept pouring and pouring and pouring. Yeah, five oh, gallon what a buckets. Pain in the ball. Took us, but that was the. <laughs> That was the only way, because I thought about running one of those big like drum things, but it didn't hold enough to do the whole countertop. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to bring a truck in, because then you have no <laughs> yeah. control over the mix, obviously. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spraying that thing all over the place, how they come out with the tube. Yeah. <laughs> so the only way to really control and get the moisture right and consistent was just to measure it out and do bucket by bucket. It wasn't yeah. too bad. I had two friends helping me, or yeah. three friends. So one was inside helping me like smooth out and trowel, and then two were outside mixing up buckets. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I found it kind of hard to trowel. Like, I mean, I tried to screed it, and it just like, I, maybe it was setting up too quick. It was like pulling everything across. And I was like, you know, screw this. And I just kind of let it settle and level out. And, you know, I screeded yeah. it a little bit, but it just was. And I mean, using, with your application, you're just, it's the bottom, really. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the top should be perfect with that melamine. Yeah. If it comes out, I, I, I mean, I waxed it. It's got the, that black caulk. In the corner. So you don't need to wax right that melamine. It would pop right out with that. Well, anyway. the PVC, I was worried about too. I mean, yeah, it should come right off of that. You're right. But I was just taking a little extra insurance from what I've seen. Because, I mean, you do. think about those wood form walls they do. I don't think they put anything on that wood. Just no, pop they it do off. Not. It's got no, the yeah. You don't think they're waxing all those foundation forms <laughs> yeah. one by like, one? Pass no. me the wax. <laughs> yeah, they Holy just pop crap. right off. They go through a 55-gallon drum of wax in each eight-foot <laughs> form. Yeah, yeah you're right. I see Johnson right. pace wax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. We'll see uh, how those come out. I'll let you know. What's what's after that? Are you done with the closet yet? Or are you still so, slowly? Uh, oh, yeah. Still, what about the closet? I'm, I'm still in the closet, guys. Um, <laughs> okay. So but you're, you're married, though. That's true. Um, 
Well, just you know, with the with the woodworking classes, just kind of so, but just kind of going back and forth. But the, I was over that day. So here's where we are. The update: the drawer fronts are built. They are sprayed. They are sprayed with paint and clear. The shelves are all prepped, ready to pray, uh, sprayed, ready to go. The actual closet itself, the walls are painted. The trim is painted. The built-in is painted. I just have to put one more coat of clear on the built-in and then install the drawers, the drawer fronts, the shelves, and it's done. So the crown's in, the base is in, all, you know, it's... Nice. I want you to tell me more. I saw this in your stories. I had never seen this before, but the thing you used to make the baseboard, that tool, Wait, where what? it like oh, yeah. clip, uh, clipped together. What is that thing? So the lamello, it started out as like a regular biscuit joiner like a long time ago. It was like the, the most expensive biscuit joiner ever. Um, and then they they came up with this new... You know, I don't know when this actually happened. I don't know the timeline of events, but so it has a special blade in there that as you're plunging right at the, the last second, there's a little push button on the top that engages another button that makes the, the blade go up and down real quick, which puts these two notches on the outside of the slot. And that allows these plastic connectors to slip in there, you know, like half moon plastic connectors. Okay. And they have a they have a bunch of different ones. They have ones that you actually put together and then use an Allen key to tighten down, kind of like um, you know, knock down furniture. I- IKEA yeah. But, stuff. Yeah, but these ones the 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 Denso P14s or whatever these are. Yeah, so it's a male and female connector. You you um just like a domino, you have to plunge both sides or like a biscuit, you plunge both sides of your work piece and then you slide in um, the male on one side and the female on the other. And they come together with so much force, uh, you don't need a clamp. I mean, I, hmm. you, so can, you could you, literally put a tabletop together with these and not clamp it up, potentially? Potentially, yeah. I would think. Huh. Um, I, I forget the amount of force. I mean, you could, you can break them back apart, like if you really wanted to get it apart. Um, but... It's yeah, it adds enough clamping pressure. Yeah, to to be honest, Jason, on a tabletop where you're trying to do like inch and a half boards, you know, or you know, two by eight. You don't think it'd be enough? I, I, it might be. It might be. I mean, a lot of guys use these like on if they're making miter folds, um, which is what I plan on trying it on the next project. At least I wanted to. but it just worked out so perfect with that trim because it had all yeah. the little details. Well, it made like, me think about the about the boat because there's all these trim pieces on the boat that you have to put screws through all these trim pieces because there's no way to get clamps on oh, these trim yeah. pieces because it's all curved. You just couldn't get clamps on it. Mm. And I would much rather just glue it on with thickened epoxy because it would be fine, but you have to use the screws because the screws are the clamps. And I was thinking, man, I wonder if you could just use those and clip them on and let the epoxy dry. Mm. Uh, are the surfaces... How much like- do they recess into the board? Like, how much room do they need? How thick does the board have to be? Um, well, they go in like the, the... They're basically the size... A little bit bigger than the size of a biscuit. Okay. Oh, right. I mean, uh, um, 
Like you're you're talking how thick? What's the minimum thickness or the the like you're talking half inch thickness of a board that it no? Go like in how or? much does it plunge in? Oh like when yeah, you cut cut in that recess. How far in does that go? I would say that's half inch, maybe five eighths. Okay, yeah. See, that's probably too much because the trim itself is like five eighths, so that wouldn't work. I'll double check. I'll double check for you and let you know. Well, I'm I'm um, done. I'm past that point now. It's oh, too all right. Late, well, but I just for the thought, next one. Yeah, for the next one. But yeah, that is the it's the Lamello Zeta P2. Um, so yeah, I mean the guy, the rep came out to my shop, gosh, a month ago to kind of demonstrate everything, and then he let me loaned me one, which I have to return. Um, I you know I was only That's able pretty to use smart. It. it was yeah I know. <laughs> Because you're gonna get used to that thing and be like, ah, oh, okay, I got a. Well, I, listen, it's got it. I, I don't know if I'm the right person for that machine. Like, if I was doing a lot of cabinetry and you know face frames, and, yeah. Um, but you know, guys use it like you know Daryl Peart. If you know who he is, you know he does a lot of green and green stuff. Apparently, from uh, you know Brian Prusa told me that he uses it on a lot of furniture. I, so I don't know. I guess it can be integrated, but you know it's fifteen hundred dollars for that tool. And the connectors are expensive, but you know that's all kind of integrated into the cost of the project. But as far as like again, if I was doing a ton of miter folds or like yeah, doing like yeah. fake like mitered columns and or I just don't know if and the thing is extremely well built. It is solid, but it is heavy. Like it's like the the uh, the Festool Domino five hundred. You know that thing's it's pretty maneuverable, you know, cause it has yeah. some plastic on it. Like this thing is like solid metal everywhere. It's, it's beefy, but you know, it's, it's just awkward cause it is so heavy. Um, it just That's becomes, com- becomes cumbersome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need two hands on this thing to, you gotta really get a good grip on it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, but, well, um, maybe on that note, we should um, head over to the after show. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted so. to mention that um, one of our Patreon members, uh, Dustin Junker, asked us a question about wood movement. So, Dustin, we're going to address that the next um, episode. We didn't get to that. Um, yeah, we've so we, already done one. That's what she said. We don't need to. <laughs> yeah, do right. A few yeah, we're talking about wood movement. <laughs> exactly. So, Dustin, we'll address that. Uh, or do we do we address this in the after show? Well, I don't. Well, no. I mean, I think more than our patrons yeah. want to hear this. Do they answer? They want to hear our okay. ex non. We're not. We're not the type of podcast to hold people hostage either. Like you're only going to hear this mm-hmm. wealth of knowledge that Keith has on wood movement if you <laughs> go to the after show. I mean, I'm okay with that. Uh, well. <laughs> We'll save it. That's a good right. that's a good topic. We'll talk about that next time. We will possibly yeah. sure. with a guest. Maybe we'll get a wood movement expert. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Mark Exactly Bagnolo. Exactly who I was thinking. Who's she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Perfect. Uh, oh, yeah, speaking right. of, uh Nick, so how was uh you know what we'll talk about it in the after show. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll talk about that. For <laughs> Take that for a tease. That's a cliffhanger. That's a true cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. Thank you to everybody for listening. And if you're curious about what Keith's going to talk about, then sign up on Patreon and join us in the after show. That's where we're headed right now. All right, guys. See we'll see you in the after show. See you. I love you.